Just re- read a little bit from the uh, introduction of the Alter Rebbe to the book of Tanya, um, in which he, in his great humility, he calls himself a malakit. A malakit means somebody who collected, uh, as if he doesn't take any credit for it by himself, and he's only collecting things that are out there, and he's putting it together in a book format or in, 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 the, in the Tanya. He's not taking himself any credit. It's sort of the total opposite of people today who do plagiarism, they take other people's stuff and they just put, <laughs> and they put their name to it. And the Rebbe does just the opposite. He says, whatever I'm doing is just a, a collection. Uh, as we read in the introduction that the Alter Rebbe did not want to publish his work because he's not, that's not his, they weren't looking to become an author, to become famous. You know, today you have to uh, write books in order for you to gain a certain standing. You have to publish. Then you become a, a macher. Then you become a somebody. But these people were just the opposite. It seems like the bigger who you really are, the less you have to pretend and the less you have to show yourself because then you... Uh, are respected for what you really know. And nevertheless, um, the Altarebbe published this as he wrote in the, uh, and he writes over here that he published this in the introduction wrote before, is because there were a lot of mistakes, because they used to just copy it from uh, uh, one copy to the other copy, and they, uh, mistakes inevitably came in, and there was also a deliberate attempt by some people to uh, cause the Altarebbe uh, sort of uh, trouble by copying and putting in things that he did not say it and deliberately misuse it. So he had to publish it in order to make sure that it is, uh, you know, uh, accurate so people have get the message correctly and get it message correct. He copyrighted it, so that's for the protection of the printers, but just so people can see what he really, what he really wrote. Um, now, so he's, he, he writes in his uh, introduction of the, as he calls himself, the Malaka, the collector, he writes, this is basically a letter that he writes to all of the Hasidim. Uh, this is introduction with, with the Tanya. He writes it with them. It's a letter. And, you know, he, after opening up the, ble- the letter with uh, greetings and very, very profound um, uh, blessings and uh, wishes, etc. So he, after doing that, he says that people will complain and they will say that uh, a book cannot really substitute for a personal meeting uh, with the Rebbe. Because one of the intentions, as the Rebbe is going to later on say, that it's not possible no longer to meet everybody in person. And, uh, and therefore he wrote basically a lot of counseling that he used to give to people privately that they would ask him. He's basically written this down in this book. But he says that the people complain, their argument is that you cannot really um, uh, write down, read or see the words in books. You cannot substitute really to listen directly from the Rebbe in a way. And the reason for it is because 
when you are reading, you're reading it according to the way you feel about it, according to your your understanding. You know, not everybody understands the, what is written. You know, people understands differently. Sometimes when your mind isn't clear, your mood is differently. You you'll see the same words, but you're not going to get the same message. You know, when you uh, speak to somebody, you can adjust. You can see. And there's a give and take, you can hear the response, so then you can have exactly measured according to the person. But if you're reading it in a book, and you know you can't talk to the book, so you don't really know exactly how, is the person getting it, or is missing the point, because a lot of times, and sometimes people's minds are confused. Sometimes he says, people are in the dark in their service of Hashem. They're not, they're in the dark. And uh, they may not be able to see at a great difficulty to really see the beautiful light which is in a book which sometimes there is a beautiful light in there but they are not able to tap into that uh, notwithstanding the fact that it's really beautiful and it's uh, sweet and it's great great words there enlightening and inspiring but they just their mind they're not their mindset is not such that they can actually get get it uh, that's generally speaking. That's just a when you're reading in a book. Now, a lot of times, certain books or sforim are based on the psychological and human condition on the intellect. You know, so people try to understand the other person, try to understand the human mind. Uh, they are not really based on the words of Torah. They're not advice of Torah. They are just advice to uh, a person on based on the person's standing based as in on on, on, on a knowing character knowing the nature of people knowing of character just studying psychology or these kinds of ideas which talk about the human condition but of course every person is different so there is no one recipe that fits for everybody and you know writing a book writing one way doesn't necessarily fit. So if you have a book which is based on the psychological and on the intellectual conclusions, isn't for everybody. Um, and you have people will read something, somebody will get excited about what they read and say, wow. And the other person reads and says, I don't see anything over here. So it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't speak to me. Um, so actually, for a person to be able to speak to all various different minds and peoples and ideas um, is something which is outstanding. Like there is a special blessing that you say when you meet a multitude of people, of Jewish people, which is 600,000 Jews. That was the amount that left Egypt. If you meet so much people, uh, you would make a, 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 a blessing uh, for Hashem, who is Chacham Harozim, which means he is this one who knows the secrets, because Hashem knows what all these 600 people are thinking and how they're feeling, and he can, he can sort of tolerate and conduct them all. So you say, wow, God of the secrets, because look, all these people, and Hashem can do that, but that's a quality of Hashem, and um, this was something which Moshe Rabbeinu actually was asking God 
when Hashem told him that you're going to die and you're not going to bring the Jewish people into Israel, so he asked God that he should appoint a leader. And then the word is, you appoint a leader, it says, Ish Asheruach Boy, a man that has a spirit in him. What, what did he mean when he said that a man with a ruach, a man with a spirit? What did he mean? So the Sifri says, the Sifri is the commentary, the Medrash on the Pasuk, he says what he meant, um, that we need somebody who can tolerate, who can lead 600,000 people. He needs to be like a special person that can adjust and can, because there is such a variation, there is such various opinions, you know, especially two Jews, three opinions. But, you know, so you have all these Jews. You need to have somebody. So that's what he was asking. And the Ramban, which was one of the Rishonim, in his commentary, he, he says that, you know, um, there is really nobody practical today that can say that they have that ability. That was Yeshua's specialty. And even though it's some some rabbis in the Talmud is quoted that they had special talents and they were able to uh, be at a very high level, but still, on a very practical sense, it's very hard to find a leader, or there is no such a thing, the Ramban says, a leader that can actually tolerate such a group of people to be able to make everybody see the way he sees it and to be able to lead them all. And so... That basically means people have different minds. People think differently. You know, and a lot of times, you know, you see it, you know, to you it's black and white. And the other one, you know, you, you, you think this is so obvious and it's so evident. It's just logical. Like that. But then you see to somebody else, he says no. And that's how we get all the different kinds of fights and disagreements and everything else that develops from that is because to you... You see it this way. The other one sees it the other way. And to them, it's just as black and white as you see it. So we have to realize that people see things in a different way. So how could you make a book that is going to satisfy various opinions when everybody has another opinion? How could you get somebody excited? Or how could you speak to somebody who has a different view? You can't have one book written for... All the people, each person has a different. So, how are you going to write a book? Basically, how are you going to write a book? Basically, that is going to satisfy all the people. How are you going to do that? And further, the 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 Rebbe writes that this goes books that are based on psychology, based on human intellect, just based on your conclusion. So, you can say, well, each Jew person has their own view. But then you have Torah. Then you have instructions or uh, advice we have from the Torah. So, well, one is going to argue if the Torah and the sages of blessed memory, they were inspired, infused by the Spirit of God, who spoke through them and the prophecies and the various different ways. So maybe you're going to argue that the Torah teaching that they teach is basically comes from God. It's really connected. Hashem and the Torah is one. It's God's words. So God's words we know belong to everybody. So the Torah belongs to all Jews. So in the Torah, um, everybody connects to the Torah. So there is no person that you can say that doesn't connect to the Torah. So 
it doesn't matter what his mind is or doesn't matter what his personal experience is, he's still connected to the Torah. So one can argue, well, if I'm going to give you advice from the Torah, I'm not going to give you advice that is based on my intellect, but I'll give you advice from the Torah. And since the Torah belongs to everybody, all 600,000 Jews, every so all the variations, and 600,000 is only the main souls, but then later on it's, it came apart into more souls because we have a lot more than 600,000 souls, more than 600,000 Jews. That means that each spark branched off and branched off. So we have the, all the different sparks. And it doesn't matter, even if you have like a, a bum in the street, it doesn't matter who's totally disassociated himself with the Torah and Yiddish. He too is connected to the Torah. So one can argue in that case, you know, he's connected to the Torah, the Torah is connected to God, so uh, therefore, as the Zohar, the Holy Zohar states, you can teach him, you can give him instruction, you can teach him the Torah, and they will have, because they're inherently connected to the Torah, so they will be able to, 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 to study, and they will be able to listen, so you could write to them a book based on the Torah. So the Rebbe says, when we say that the Torah belongs to every Jew, that's in a very general way. The whole Torah belongs to every Jew, but it, the whole Torah belongs to all Jews. But uh, which exact part of Torah is your connection to the Torah, to Hashem? That's not clear. We just know the Torah belongs to the Jewish uh, people. You know, there it says that the Torah has, it doesn't mention it over here specifically, but the Torah has 600,000 600, 600, letters in it. The Torah has 600. The number is, uh, varies a little bit, but it's, it, it, says, it says that there's 600,000 letters. It's the word Yisrael in Hebrew spells out Yesh, Shish, Ribu, Oishis, Latayra. There are 60 times 10,000, 600,000 letters to the Torah. That's the word Yisrael is, spells out. But, but what it really means is that there is a part in Torah that every person has, but you don't necessarily know what is your letter in Torah. You have one letter of Torah, but you don't necessarily know your letter of Torah. And just because the whole Torah belongs to all the Jewish people does not mean that any word of Torah that I'm going to say or that I'm going to speak is going to affect you because that may not be your part. That may be somebody else's part. So in a general way, we all have the Torah, but specifically, we need to figure out what's our part in the Torah. And that is even true, not talking about the inner service of the soul, of the connection to God, of love, just in the regular rulings that we have, um, some things that are permissible, and things that are, are, um, are prohibited. So we don't have just one opinion, right? We have in the uh, Talmud and in all of the commentary, we have various different views. That means, oh, it's, everything is the Torah. Yes, everything is Torah. Everything comes from Hashem, uh, but... It divides, when it comes down, it divides basically in general in three directions. Right, left, and center. There are those that are leaning to be lenient. There's those that are leaning to be stringent. 
and there's those that are in the middle. And we find actually various different um, uh, approaches to the Torah. Like there were certain, like the house of Shammai, as we know, they were always strict. They always ruled prohibited. And even when they came in, the, the story, the famous story with the heathen who wanted to convert while he's standing on one, on one foot, Shammai took a stick and kicked him out. And Hillel invited him in. He says, come, I'll teach you to you on one leg. So they were both scholars. It's both the word of Hashem. It is Hashem's Torah. So well, you're going to say, well, everybody's connected to the Torah. But wait a minute. Everybody's connected to the Torah. But the Torah is presented or comes down in various. They're all connected to Hashem. But from Hashem, they come down in various different uh, modes in which people whose soul is sort of rooted more in the uh, measure of uh, chesed, of kindness, they're inclined to rule things kindly, they inclined. Those who are rooted in uh, severity, in gavura, they will come up with more severe judgment. And they're all Torah, but what the point here is, even the rules that we were supposed to do, it's not one rule fits all, it's not one size, not one Torah fits all, but it comes down in various different ways. Of course, that's not to say that everybody can do with the Torah what they want. We're talking about within the limitations of the way the Torah has been traditionally given down to be studied. So this would apply to even halachas. Now, when we're starting to talk about the emotions, we're talking about the feelings, the love of God, the fear of God, these aren't those are the hidden. Those are not the revealed part of the Torah. That's the hidden part of the Torah. Uh, one's love and fear in his mind and his heart. That's each person. You can't have one Torah telling every person, you know, do it this way. And everybody is going to learn from the Torah. In other words, I'm going to tell you the Torah, and then you know what to do. No. It's each person emotionally and their level of how they respond and what gives, what ticks them, what gives them there, is different, even if you use words of Torah. So what the Rebbe is saying, even the Torah, and he quotes from the Zohar over here, that the Hashem is known, Hashem is known to each one according to their measure. You can't have one, it's not one size fits all, it's not, you have to have each one needs to uh, be able to learn the Torah according to their level. So the Rebbe basically says, so what's the point, really, in, 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 in writing a book when it doesn't really uh, satisfy the needs? But the Alter Rebbe goes on to say later on that I am not talking to an audience which is strange to me, which means I'm not publishing a book for people that I don't know. I'm publishing a book for people in our community and the people who came to me and we spoke, we have... Our souls have connected. We have been uh, speaking with love. And these are people that have revealed to me all the secrets of their hearts. They have come to me for advice. It is to them that I write. And by tradition we have it. So one can argue, oh, so that Ralph Rebbe says, he's only saying to those people that he knows. But tradition we know that this includes everybody who's ever going to study the Sefer Tanya who's going to study the Alter Rebbe's work 
I mean, it's no different than any other book. The Alter Rebbe is trying to talk here, can this substitute for a meeting, a personal meeting? And his argument is it may not be able to substitute, but it will suffice for those who I met personally. So first of all, we are all considered like he met us personally, because we are considered all of his chassidim. But second of all, it's no different than any other book that one learns anyways. But the Alter Rebbe writes, these, uh, also called, calling it modestly, these kuntresim, a kuntresim is pamphlets, basically. He says, these pamphlets are called the collections of sayings. I have collected them from various different books, from various different scribes, holy people who are in Gan Eden, who were been uh, very popular amongst in our community. And some of them, those who can will see are hinted in those letters of our teachers in Eretz Yisrael, as we, Eretz HaKodesh, like we led before some of the older colleagues of the Alter Rebbe, who officially became Rebbe's after the Magad of Mizrish passed away, the Alter Rebbe was always very careful to give them the honor as they are the Rebbe's there and they followed them and he never wanted to sort of take himself the mantle of leadership in their place only after when they left and so the Rebbe used to call them our teachers who are Rebbe's in Eretz Yisrael. And some of their letters that they send are hinted over there. Some of it I've heard when they were here before they left Eretz Yisrael. And he says, basically what it is, he says, these are answers, these are responses to questions that people ask. People ask questions. Each person, according to their level, wants to know how to serve Hashem, there's a question of the soul they're asking how to serve but I don't have the time, the Rebbe says to answer each one individually on his private question and also even if I do answer, you forget the answer also if it's not written down, you forget it so I have written down the Rebbe says, all the answers for all the questions so it should be guarded and this should be for a sign so that everybody can Always remember, look up, take your question, look it up in the Tanya, and you'll get your answer. Don't push yourself anymore to come visit me personally. Because you want to come to find counsel, and you want to answer all your difficult things you have in service of Hashem. Trust Hashem, and take this advice, and that will be good. Now, Dr. Rebbe continues, he says... But there are some people who don't have the ability to understand the Tanya. And things that they are looking for, guidance, they can't read the Tanya. They don't know how to take out the answers from there. So the Rebbe is asking that the people in the city who are learned, they should teach. And he's saying to them, I'm asking you. He's turning now to those people. Don't pretend and behave in false humility that, God forbid, like, oh, don't, what are you coming to me? I don't know. He's telling them, because he says this is a very terrible punishment for a person who can feed and doesn't feed somebody. If you can feed them, help them out, and you don't, it's a terrible punishment for that. And when you go ahead and you invest time in teaching somebody who knows less, then not only are you helping the other person but you will see 
that Hashem, Meir Enishneim Hashem, Hashem actually enlightened you, that you think that you're investing your time in somebody else, teaching him what you already know, and you're thinking, oh, I spent, wasted my time, I could have been studying something, you know, difficult passages, and, you know, and now I'm just teaching, you will see that you will be successful, that Hashem will enlighten your eyes, and it's known from the Tzemach Tzedek, the grandson, he said, that it's a thousand times as much, which means when you're going to study a, a difficult passage, you'll be able to catch it and grasp it a thousand times quicker. So the time that you invest in teaching other people, even if you can study other stuff, isn't on the account of yourself. You will be able to do that. And then he ends with the blessing that uh, uh, let's marry the days that we don't have to teach each other because as it's written with regards to the coming of Mashiach, when it comes, it'll be a time, everybody will know me. No, will be no need for teachers because the whole world will be filled with the knowledge of Hashem. Amen, King Hirotzin. And uh, that was his main letter. Then he added, there's an addendum, an added to there, he says uh, that the, um, this was the introduction to even the pamphlets when they were sort of being copied, but they weren't printed yet. But then, that was his general uh, introduction to this pamphlet that he sent out. And that's why he calls them kuntresim, as pamphlets, because they weren't put, printed in a book form. But then he says, after these pamphlets have uh, become uh, copied and spread out amongst various different scribes, and like we said before, intentionally, unintentionally, and mistakes, and uh, there was a... Uh, a generosity of these uh, special people that offered to uh, invest personal effort and their money to print these pamphlets, and they should be clean, precise, checked out over, making sure that it's accurate. I thank them very much, and but I still have to clarify that. The Torah prohibits to intrude on somebody else's livelihood, on somebody else's territory. So, uh, which is a very, very serious offense. The Torah uses the word curse for somebody who, uh, literally the verse is talking about when you take a property line and you move it into the other one to increase your own. Which means if somebody has a printing, took uh, upon themselves to print something, it's their rights, and nobody has a right to go ahead and print the same things and take away to infringe on their property, basically, to do them. So the verse is already stated very, very serious. It uses the language of orr, cursed, which has both uh, excommunication, it has a uh, uh, curse. It's a terrible thing for one to do it. So it doesn't even need me to uh, go ahead to uh, confirm that this is so. So, no point. The Torah already says that you're not allowed to do it. But the Rebbe says, as expression, it's called Yehuda Vaid Lekra. I'm coming to, just to once again, to solidify this, to put a tremendous uh, uh, offense around all the printers not to print the above mentioned pamphlets, not themselves, not their agents, without the rights of these people that are mentioned in here for five years from when the printing press is done. Those who listen will be good for them, sweet for them, blessings of good. And this is, uh, finishes, this is the 
writings of the collector of the collection of these words that mentioned before. Yes, you can see that there's a what? He said five years. For five years, that's it. Today the copyright is twenty. No, what is today's? Was it seven? What's, one is seven and one's twenty. And years of copyright. Is, but this is this is halachically this is halachic yeah, yeah. uh, issues of not non-infringement. Yeah. But a lot of the, the isn't a copyright like um, 